0: welcome to the This Because podcast. I'm Katie and I'm Zoe
1: and we're strategists and good friends exploring how the way we live and work impacts the people in the planet around us.
0: This podcast is an open conversation about values and ethics, sustainability and purpose, brands and business.
1: all for your great comments on our gift giving episode it's been so nice to hear how many of you are shopping more ethically this year it got us thinking a lot about how else we consume during the holiday season and it's not just the gifts we buy but it's also worth thinking about other parts of the festive season like the things that we wear and I don't know if you've been experiencing this too Zoe but like all over social media, you see like Christmas jumpers, glittery tops, sequin dresses. <laughs> exactly. Masses, yeah.
0: masses, and masses.
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, but what's the true cost of the seasonal clothes we buy? Um, and full disclosure, this isn't us rambling on or guilting people about buying new clothes, it's actually quite the opposite. We want to just chat through some of the nuances and the alternatives of buying or renting clothes and how people are aiming to feel their best and looking their best this holiday season, Um, but giving just a little bit more thought into the glad rags we're all going to wear.
0: Yeah, I think exactly that, Katie, Um, because ultimately, I guess, fast fashion isn't a new conversation. I think we all know across the board that we're consuming too much, Um, But yeah, it's just therefore saying we can't, we're not saying stop consuming necessarily, but it's just being a bit mindful about how and when and what the repercussions of the decisions we make have. Um, So yeah, fast fashion isn't a new conversation. Um, If we think about the terrible disaster that happened at the Rana Plaza garment factory when that collapsed, I looked the date up and it actually still, yeah, it was eight years ago in 2013. Um, So the whole world at that point witnessed the tragedy as hundreds of workers lost their lives um, and their friends and family because they were working in ultimately really unsafe conditions in order to make a lot of our clothes. But yeah, as I said, here we are eight years later, and there's still brands um, promoting and selling dresses on Black Friday for 8p. Um, so it seems a little crazy, and it seems like we haven't made um, many steps forward. But I think, like you said just now, we're not trying to guilt trip people, it's just uh, alerting people to what the kind of um, problems in, or what the confusion and the complications are in the decisions we make. Um, so ultimately, um, if you're buying a dress for 8p or even, you know, 10 pounds, or someone from a website or an, a company uh, who actually is paying for it. Because I think someone on the chain, when something is cheap, someone else along the chain has um, been seriously undervalued for their work. And more often than not, and lots of kind of films and articles are sharing this, that then has disastrous effects because our system is broken. If we're getting something super cheap, someone else is paying for it elsewhere. Um, and actually it's quite often, it's not just the environment that picks up the Bill, but also um human rights um so yeah that was kind of a, a grim start maybe of just trying to acknowledge if you're getting something for cheap um we just need to remember that someone else is paying for it
1: it's so crazy because we've been conditioned to be like oh my god it's so cheap i can buy five t-shirts for 20 pounds yeah yeah it's actually all those hidden costs that are the real costs that are actually like causing real world harm yes and i think that's Yeah, that's one of the things about fast fashion is it's one of fashion is one of the most resource intensive industries. Mm -hmm. Something like twenty percent of the world's um waste wastewater and ten percent of carbon emissions come from like the fashion industry. And there's this like massive wastage problem and I genuinely don't think enough people know this if you do like a jumbo shop from like an ASOS or like an online retailer and you buy 10 things, but then you return say eight of them because mm. you got the two that you wanted, but you just wanted to try a bunch of stuff out at home. That was super convenient for you. But those eight items that you didn't want that you return don't actually get resold. They get scrapped. So they literally oh. just scrap up that material and they ship it off and sell it because the fashion cycle is so quick by the time they're able to resell it. The moment's gone, or that mm-hmm. thing doesn't match the season anymore, and I just think that is something that—that's really think, sc-
0: think twice. Yeah, that's really scary because I think you're right. Is we're used to um, thinking, oh, we return something and that's okay. We haven't consumed it, but but like you say, because everything is so fast and everything is so cheap, actually, there's no value in it once it's even left their kind of shop floor the first time. Um, yeah and so yeah it just goes once you've got it if you're not keeping it yeah they'll take the money back but it'll go straight in the bin and be scrapped
1: yeah and exactly that so if it doesn't get scrapped it goes into the bin and it becomes landfill and I think like millions of pounds worth of clothing hundred and something million pounds worth of clothing mm-hmm. uh, go to landfill every year and 13 million items of clothing go and you just go the that's so rotten. (laughs) Like there's so many other uses for it and things, but a lot of the time stuff that you stop liking or doesn't fit for you definitely can have a new lease of life somewhere else.
0: Mm. And I think it's that feeling of that wastage. uh, I think maybe from working in a kind of design and brand uh, world as well, just the effort it takes for someone to like, if you try and make a pair of clothes, (laughs) pair of clothes, pair of jeans or something designing it, um you know then sewing it cutting the material sewing it making it transporting like it takes it's not just the waste that goes to landfill it's all that kind of human time and cost as well um that it takes well a isn't lot. your MA in textiles yeah it is in textiles <laughs> and I did do yeah. a long time ago I did a master's in textiles which was all about um extending the life cycle of clades yeah oh amazing so it was yeah That's was um, a lot
1: there's, there's also, I guess the human rights cost that comes along with cheap clothes. And that like, like you said about Rana Plaza, there's places all around the world, um, where the conditions continue to be unsafe and people aren't paid very much. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to think about that when you're like in a shop picking up something. But I think more and more, you're starting to remember that there's a huge value chain associated with the clothes that you buy. And it is really complicated to work out. It's like, Um, you prioritise environmental needs and you look at second hand or if you think about human rights it's about like all of these factories we've relied on there have to be better systems and legislation in place to compensate people fairly
0: yeah rather than just pulling out and thinking actually I can't do that you're right it's much more of a nuanced and like needs to be thought through problem because you know not one solution fits all and there's knock on effects for every action we have Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And like you said, I did do my master's in, um, maybe I've just been obsessed with clothes for a long time. I did my master's in fashion and textiles and kind of got uh, thinking I wanted to make them. And then I think I got to design school and I was like, oh God, everyone is making far too many things. Why, um, Why would I? and what i create be any more useful than others so at that point i changed all my research into extending the life cycle of clothes and actually that's how we met through um do the green thing i was doing a t-shirt project um but yeah before that actually i did an art history degree um and that made me think of like why clothes why are they so important um how has it happened Um, is it worth acknowledging I guess that for a long time our self-worth has been associated with what we wear um, and what we wear um, kind of tells the world who we are and what we believe in as well Um, yeah and so in that history degree I actually studied lots of renaissance portraiture and you know it's been around for so long husbands back then actually commissioned artists to paint portraits of their wives in fine embroidered expensive fabrics and clothes to quite literally display their wealth to the rest of the world um so it's not sign and clothes as a signifier of kind of taste wealth style and size has always been around but i think it's worth acknowledging that it's also super dangerous um you know we're not going to get into the dieting world now but um people putting their self-worth on the size of clothes that they can get into um let alone then having um the ability to say oh well i I'm only worthy if I spend a lot of money on clothes or I'm only worthy if I change my wardrobe weekly. Um, but yeah, luckily, um, there are many individuals and companies who are helping us dress more sustainably without sacrificing our style. So it's not yeah. all doom and gloom. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Um, I love what you're saying there about like taste, wealth, style and size, because I think so often, like many things we consume it's status symbol. So yeah. whatever it is you're wearing is meant to signify who you are as a person, your identity, what you're about, and fashion's like a huge like signifier of that. Yeah, um, there's a brilliant brand strategist called um, Anna and Angelic, and she's mm-hmm. written sociology of business, and it's all around the like aspiration nice and, like modern codes around stuff one of the things i love about like a lot of her theories and a lot of what she's pointing out is scarcity is becoming the new cool mm. so and it's in addition, <clears throat> one-offs, things that are like prized for being not popular and made into yes as part of modern aspiration and i think that shift in culture is super
0: fascinating that's yeah that's really interesting and i remember that almost had um it must have been about 20 30 years ago when um maybe more recently when um, discrete fashion came in originally it used to all be logos and brands and actually it would be kind of 80s was all logos and brands and you know I've been there done that gone to Disneyland got the t-shirt and all of that like outward facing all about monogramming on um, t-shirts and stuff and then it went into a shift that actually like you say actually if you can't see the logo it becomes more interesting and more desirable and at what point that <clears throat> that kind of brand awareness changes and shifts through. Completely. Mm. I need to I read completely. some stuff by her then. Yeah.
1: Um, there's also a whole group of Instagrammers like Aja Barber, Venetia Lamana, and they only post about responsible fashion. Mm. I say responsible fashion because it's not just about being sustainable. It's kind of acknowledging um, for you, like wearing what you wear. For you to wear what you wear, a whole lot of people worked hard. And yep. they're most women globally in the textile and garment industry. Mm-hmm. And there's a campaign called Remember Who Made Them, which is all about showing solidarity with garment workers um, to help improve mm-hmm. conditions. So in our like current cancel culture, a lot of people will view things as black and white. You know, oh, a brand's going to underpay their worker and therefore I'm going to boycott them because they do bad things. I see. I think we see this all the time. With yeah, that low-
0: knee-jerk reaction, isn't it? It's like, that's bad, so I'm good if I do this. Yes. Yeah.
1: But unfortunately, and I think we mm-hmm. mentioned this, earlier in our conversation there's the knock-on effect from that and it is so nuanced but that Mm -hmm. knock-on means that predominantly women will lose their jobs because the factory no longer needs them Mm -hmm. and campaigns like remember who made them works in collaboration with worker groups and they help spotlight uh, worker situations and demands and they are able to share and advocate with key media outlets and influences to raise more awareness and action
0: that sounds so yeah so interesting so actually and it's it's sort of like the more unglamorous stuff isn't it it's thinking further back in the chain than I think a lot of consumers want to think but actually whenever you put anything on you're like someone I think it's the name's really nice it's like you have to remember who made them because someone did <laughs> there's been so many people before you um at that point and yeah the action of if you suddenly were to stop buying from certain brands rather than <clears throat> that isn't necessarily the the best way and actually sometimes working with companies like this or organizations and challenging those brands um, is more beneficial than just refusing like, yeah, what the, what that kind of relationship is and what the most meaningful change and I guess what change you ultimately want to see. And if you want to see people who do make garments to be treated fairly, then by not buying from that brand, isn't necessarily going to help you do that in the most meaningful way.
1: And you also yeah. have brands that are, uh, I guess, beacons in this space. We always talk about like the Patagonias, the Pentias. Yeah. Like there's so many brands that role model for others mm-hmm. and they see their share prices or their profits going up and they go, Oh, I guess there is a market now for people who mm-hmm. buy clothes that actually acknowledge the living wage for their workers. Yeah. 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 That too is another, another big part of this conversation is we need more brands role modeling what good looks like
0: in their supply chains to help correct some of the market imperfections. Yeah. And also by doing that for other brands, it makes it so much more transparent for consumers. In fact, I definitely, I'll share in the show notes, um, Birdsong did that recently because they were saying how fast fashion is all about scale. And so if you're a smaller company and you don't have that scale, the margins are, it's all about margins. And so your margins are bigger, but actually if you, help people understand what a design cost is what a material cost is then actually people can say oh that's why i'm spending more i'm not being ripped off (laughs) it's just someone else has been ripped off before you i remember i got um when i was running this because before i was doing some tests a b testing on facebook ads and um one of the comments i got was something i wrote an article on medium i might share it too uh from a guy called tony who said your prices are a joke and to begin with i was slightly enraged and i was like well actually no the like I haven't, the, the, the things I was selling were of a fair price. <laughs> they weren't necessarily too expensive. And, and actually, if you're thinking about a culture that needs to buy less and buy better, they were a fair price and they were still, you know, homewares and clothing. So it were like luxury items. Um, but I realized I had to write something that was saying that because we're obsessed with deals and because we're obsessed with speed, um, we aren't used to knowing what that right price is we've been, um, yeah, educated in the wrong way and not to consider it. But yeah, good old Tony. He brought me much pain for a week or two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, then I think also, so thinking about um, that kind of helping communities as well as um, shopping. I know that Oxfam do a lovely campaign, have done for a long time called Secondhand September. And I think that isn't just about saying, buy secondhand instead of buying new, they are aware that it is complicated. Um, and so they want people to buy secondhand and buy from their charity shops to help, you know, reduce waste and reuse pre-love items. But that campaign also encourages people to recycle their own clothes. So it's very easy to think, oh, okay, what do I want new into my wardrobe? rather than also thinking, what have I got in my wardrobe that I no longer need? Because I think it's something crazy like 95% of textile waste could be recycled, but people People often just put it in the bin so it doesn't go into the right places to be recycled um and i know that with them i think you can just put you can literally do a postal donation or in the uk i know we have lots of clothing waste bins um and loads of brands now i think and other stories and and places are now having a drop-off where you can drop off um recycle clothes because clothes because they're closes. <laughs> clothes clothes because they're obviously in the supply chain and they know how best to recycle their own garments so actually they're opening up that conversation to say return it to here um and also i guess within oxfam they by being a charity they always reinvest in their communities and so that kind of feels for me like quite a nice closed loop model um that is kind of helping to feed um the different elements of the business in a way that is more transparent um i think i've mentioned thrift plus uh, many many times um run by a friend of mine joe um and he was trying to help on originally help um, charity shops have an online fashion presence um so it is now the uk's largest secondhand fashion store um and helping loads of people to make secondhand that first choice I'm guilty of it. I go online. I'm like, oh, what do I want to buy now? And actually, I don't deny myself that now. I allow myself to think, okay, look at the shops that you might shop from to see what you might like, because I think that's often what it is. It's trying to ascertain. And then sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, oh, actually, I don't like any of this and I don't need anything new. But you almost need to scratch that itch. So sometimes I allow myself like a (laughs) 40-minute cruise around all online shops in order to just kind of then think oh well, actually i'm fine i don't need any of it but if you do i'd say going to thrift plus is always good because they do have high street and designer brands and your shopping your shopping secondhand and also a, a percentage of what you spend goes to ch- your kind of chosen charity which is also a very nice way to do it
1: when we moved um, in the summer we used uh, thrift plus and did you have to we- bag up your stuff bagged up stuff and like I was really worried about it being like of the right quality for it's night um yeah yeah it went through there's credit on my account I look at it and see what other things do I want to buy but it's a really really nice ecosystem they've built
0: yeah really really nice and I think yeah that collection model as well is really helpful and I think yeah you're right they take all the photos for you so rather than having um yeah actually Kate that's really worth mentioning that you can apply for a thrift bag to be sent to you, which you then fill up and you're right. Then they list it. They work through that of what they know will sell or won't sell. Um, anything that won't, they will um, recycle in a different way. And then anything else then gets hosted and they take the photos and do all the admin of uploading it. And you just say which charity you want the sale to go to or um, and which portion you want to go into your bank account or credit account on thrift. So, no, it's really good. Um, and then I, a brilliant friend of this cause called Ella runs a communications agency called Good Beans. And they wrote um, a fabulous Christmas gift list that I think they launched maybe the same day or the day after I put my podcast out. So I kicked myself at that point, but then actually realized it was really relevant for this too, because there's a lovely section on shopping secondhand. Um, so I'll put that list um, there, but they mentioned things like refashion and depop and beyond retro retro. Um, as kind of places to go to look for things, but also some lovely companies that I've um, worked with before and admired from afar. Before um, Waste Yarn Project and Anti Form, both companies who use waste wool in to make uh, new garments. So you can buy strictly secondhand in a way, which is like, yes, that that was a pair of jeans before, and I'm going to use it again. Or you can shop in the kind of up, upcycling world where um, things. Uh, have been pre-used, but then they've been reformed into something else. So, yeah, lots of lovely options.
1: I'm going to check out Antiform. There's also uh, this organization called um, uh, Endless Wardrobe. Okay. They do new and nearly new or rental. And they're trying to really take on how um, people are thinking about fashion and it, yeah. I don't know, I think you and I have talked about this before, but there's a lot of like fashion renting startups. Yes. Such an interesting model. Like Rent the Runway has like yeah. one a on the board and it's starting to gain a lot of traction. There's a lot of people who will rent fancy gowns for special occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it might become the most popular and sustainable way of shopping and also gives people – that occasion to dress for without like breaking the bank and yeah. you have so much choice. But something that I think a lot of environmentalists talk about is, is renting actually the most sustainable choice. And I think there's a lot of research still going on about this um, mm-hmm. I think as an option. It's a really great way to like have an endless wardrobe per that <laughs> organization's. Yeah. other, I guess on the other side, I think there was a study done by a Finnish scientific journal called environmental research letters, which looked specifically at the environmental impacts of five different ways of owning and disposing clothing, which included renting resale and recycling. And Mm -hmm. it found that actually renting clothes had the highest climate impact of all.
0: Yikes. (laughs) I know.
1: So there's like (laughs) hidden environmental costs around delivery, packaging, transportation, lots of like carbon that you don't see. And then like the chemicals from dry cleaning, but mm. I guess on the flip side, if you can get this right, if you can sort the logistics of rental companies and help them become more climate friendly, it could be on level with reselling. And oh,
0: great! So it could, yeah, could be as as um, sustainable or as responsible, and yeah, things are balanced out carbon wise.
1: Yes, but there's certainly the rental clothing economy. I think is certainly um, developing. And I think it's one development I'm super interested in and in seeing I'd love in the future to see a subscription box where you could literally like every month or so just get secondhand stuff that you borrow and then send it back, especially yeah. for events that you don't want to have to get another thing for.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And yeah, like you say, those kind of one off things. And I think that's the hard thing thing that you mentioned earlier as well about things people feeling things are black and white and thinking oh now renting is the the best way to do it but um also not necessarily thinking into the logistics of it but also thinking it doesn't mean you should rent something every day (laughs) you're not doing what you're doing is still having an impact so it doesn't need to be to the extreme but it's a really nice option rather than thinking oh i'll buy something that I'm going to wear once and you know then have to wait for another occasion to wear it just think actually it's a one-off occasion and instead of buying new is there another option um that can be uh, a little more thoughtful and you know doesn't clog up your wardrobe as well I've watched I'm slightly obsessed with watching um uh sorting your life out and other (laughs) cleaning programs um and it is so true if you have a stressful wardrobe that's too full I find my mind is so much more frantic there's more washing there's more stress and there's more stuff you really don't need and you do realize as well there's like special tricks of you know when you hang them up always hang them from one side because then you'll realize if you're only you normally then just putting the same things back you don't ever use anything from the right hand side if you're always putting on the left or whatever um but yeah, I think as well, it's not just the environmental cost from a kind of mindful um, way of living as well. It's a lot less stress if you have less stuff, for sure. Um, yeah, and I guess you mentioned um, my master's that I did in fashion and textiles. And yeah, all my um, research on that was increasing the life cycle of clothes. And my absolute favourite project when I did that research was a project called the Uniform Project. Um, back in 2009 so I'm really aging myself and I don't think I've ever seen something that maybe it was just because it was so influential for me at the time that I was like oh this is a really creative way of doing things um but I've never really seen a project that I've loved as much I don't think so it was a brilliant lady called Sheena pledged to wear and um reinvent the same dress for a whole year so she was exploring sustainability versus I guess, disposability and also through um, the versatility of fashion. And she picked one little black dress. I think she did have, caveat, I think she had two or three of them made from kind of washing purposes, but it started as like a challenge to herself. um, And it was also a fundraiser. So she was also realising she was sort of wearing her own uniform and that Created a link for her in her mind to also use it as a kind of um, fundraiser for uniforms for underprivileged children in India. Um, And quite quickly, she got um, worldwide supporters and raised over, I think, $100,000 for the cause. Um, And that was just really um, powerful. And I think when we were talking earlier about. Um, what we wear being a reflection of who we are, um, that was a really clear way of her saying to the world, I have morals, I have intentions, (laughs) um, but also I can still be creative and inventive and fun. Um, And so I think um, there is now increasingly, like you were saying, with that endless wardrobe and there's a big rise in people promoting capsule wardrobes and knowing that less is more and um, knowing that... um, Ultimately, the most sustainable way to consume fashion is to buy fewer items, wear them for longer. Um, so, buy less, buy better, and wear more. Um, and think about where they came from before and where they will be going after. Um, so, I guess thinking of this, I was then like, oh, well, what dress or what am I going to be wearing this kind of holiday season? Um, but I've pretty much worn it the same um, any <laughs> wintery. Uh, occasion anyway is a dress I bought for a friend's wedding back in 2015 um, so that's what I will be wearing I've worn it now for six years and loved it and continue to do so um, and I think it is yeah often for me rewearing is thinking oh, oh will think people think oh Zoe's wearing that again how boring but actually trying to channel a bit of Sheena and think actually maybe I could buy some new tights or wear it with slightly different earrings but it really doesn't matter um, and I have to get over myself and think it doesn't matter if people aren't surprised that I'm wearing something new. Because really, my grandma used to always say, no one's looking at you anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a reminder <laughs> to get the confidence in yourself that you're wearing something that you like and that is comfortable um, and isn't creating a huge amount of damage around the world. Totally. I'd love to see a picture of the dress when you're wearing it. I will. I'm <laughs> um, If my shipping
1: container of all my possessions... You're again- <laughs> still
0: waiting. Waiting. still it. <laughs> um, it's a long um, way to Canada yeah and like
1: I think COVID's really disrupted shipping especially when you are a small fry like us and are like <laughs> whole boxes of clothing and bicycles and bed frame. um but yeah I'm gonna wear something from the wardrobe I haven't seen for the last three and a half oh, months oh, nice yeah behavioral science shows that when you go back into your closet and see what you actually own you end up liking it again
0: so. That's so nice. So actually, spending more time away or then to it, thinking actually, you bought this for a reason.
1: Yeah, exactly. Ah. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna. So I'm gonna wear. That's so nice.
0: <laughs> and I guess to our listeners, what will you be wearing? Um, we'd all love to know. Um, so drop us a comment or a text, um, and we really hope you have a very safe and happy holiday season. See you soon. Bye.